Thank you once again for tuning into the Psychedelic Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Marie, here with my husband, Rob. What's up? <laughs> for our regular listeners, howdy from Minnesota. We are up here working on our huge virtual summit, IndiePods United. Before we get started on this super intriguing topic, I invite you not to skip 30 seconds of me talking to myself. IndiePods United is our first virtual summit ever. Shout out to Pinecast, our major sponsor. We've got celebrity panel members, entertainment raffles, and games to join in on. But most importantly, incredible noteworthy speakers with tons of insight to share on marketing successfully, monetizing, and much more. Register at IndiePodsUnited.com. Today, we're discussing a mental diagnosis that many of us have heard of, but it's often misunderstood and confused with schizoid personality disorder. Yes, completely different. I believe schizophrenia is always genetic. It's actually not, but we'll get into that, and I want to know really? why. Yeah. I thought all serious mental disorders were genetic and personality disorders were obtained throughout your life from environment and family. That's good insight. I can see how a lot of people might think schizoid is the term for somebody with schizophrenia. I think you were one of those people, weren't you, when you asked before? What What's the difference between schizoid and... Because I've only heard slang of schizophrenia as like schizo but i've never heard schizoid like where does that come from they do have a lot of similarities and after our last few personality disorder episodes we thought it was time we moved on to diagnoses that are more common one of the reasons i say that before i'll get into what the difference is because of the symptoms for narcissistic borderline and antisocial personality disorder All of the symptoms were really vague and they kind of tie into one another and other mental disorder diagnoses. So the lines get really blurry. With those personality disorders, there's a lot of overlap, a lot of similarities, very little differences if you really look at it. So we came to the conclusion that personality disorders can be fixed and they shouldn't necessarily be labeled because that creates a harder roadblock, a bigger hindrance for the people that are given these titles because when you're given such a look down upon in society type malady, we think that it makes it harder to get rid of. Mm -hmm. It is possible to get rid of it. Yeah, the personality disorder ones you can. Yes, but schizophrenia is is way different. Oh yeah, it's very, very different. So those that are diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder are generally considered loners that prefer solitary activities so i guess they play scrapple by themselves i'm just kidding so it it really has nothing to do with the hallucinations and everything that schizophrenia entails is that what you're saying i can say there's a lot of people i know that prefer to be in solitude over spending time with other people and there's nothing wrong with that but that's just being an introvert yeah it is being introverted i mean you can have schizoid personality disorder you could be diagnosed with it but i still think there's always an underlying mental health disorder such as schizophrenia or something like that right so we'll probably get into schizoid at some point maybe in a later season we're kind of racking up the episodes for season two but yeah definitely in the near future maybe season three early on so you're saying that the main characteristic of somebody that's labeled a schizoid is being Introverted, basically kind of isolating themselves in solitude. 
pretty much just being a loner apparently but i'm sure there's a lot more to it that i don't know because mm. we are your favorite panel of non-experts i think there's more to it because the word skits it's so extreme it's one of the scariest words i feel like like i've never seen a word with a ch that h being silent and then there's a z in there too and a ph like that's the craziest word mm. in the whole english dictionary What's interesting is that, because you were kind of picking apart the word schizophrenia, the Greek word schizo means split and friend means the mind. That explains why there's schizoid, because it still means split. They can also rarely express strong emotions, which is like so many people we both know, right? Every single personality disorder that we've discussed so far, <laughs> that's been one of the characteristics yeah. or tendencies. That's why we're not getting into personality disorders today again. Yeah, I need a break. Yeah, it's also a very rare diagnosis, though. I just wanted to add that. Whereas schizophrenia is not so rare. And according to schizophrenia.com, which I trust because they bought an entire domain, the number of people who will be diagnosed as having schizophrenia in a year is about 1 in 4,000. Wow. 1.5 million people will be diagnosed with schizophrenia this year worldwide, and about 100,000 people in the States will right. also be diagnosed with schizophrenia this right. year. Personality disorders are so much more complex. So that's why you see this humongous number with schizophrenia, which I'm actually shocked about because I don't know anybody with it. And how scary that word is, I thought it would be more rare. It's really not. And Imagine the people that have it but never get diagnosed. I always think about this when we have these conversations. So many people yeah. are undiagnosed with many, many things. And like you were saying, one of the reasons that we stepped away from personality disorders is that we both came to like the conclusion in our collective opinion that personality disorders are just a way to make a lot of people feel like there's something wrong with them, even if there might be nothing there. And I guess we can blame the internet and shows like us for thoughts like this because we had a lot of our listeners and friends message us on social media and on our patreon feeling like they might have one of the three that we discussed so that was a little bit concerning yeah absolutely and we're not saying our opinions are correct and the next time we get into a personality disorder we're probably going to find one that will go against everything we said about the first three i hope that that can happen because the way it's looking for everything in the personality disorder realm, considering there are the three clusters that we spoke about in, I think it was Narcissism Episode 2. I don't think there is going to be anything different than the others we discussed. I mean, it doesn't seem like there is anything that is just set apart from any of the other ones. But I really hope that one of them proves us wrong. Yeah. And again, super important to know if you feel like you're suffering or experiencing any symptoms that you are worried about and concerned about and you feel like it's actually happening, go and seek out real professional help because I'd love to be everybody's therapist, but my brain will explode and then I'm going to need one too. And what would you do? <laughs> A lobotomy. Yeah. What would you do without us? Also, if people are telling you these things around you, especially family, they're concerned about something that they see that you should seek out treatment for. Maybe you should listen to them. I've heard it used as a negative connotation before. Yeah, like I was saying, there's slang for it, schizo, mm -hmm. being tweaky, I guess. And the thing that I thought about schizophrenia that sets it apart from everything is the hallucinations. Is that an inaccurate word to describe somebody with schizophrenia? They have hallucinations. 
that's one of the main characteristics or traits that somebody mm-hmm. with schizophrenia has. With, with every diagnosis or no, it just depends. You don't hallucinate with depression, do you? Not you. No, but. no. Every diagnosis of schizophrenia, do all of them hallucinate? I would say the general population of those diagnosed probably have experienced some hallucinations varying in degrees of how strong somebody might think someone's trying to murder them and someone else might see a bird that's not really there. Because that's what splits the personality. That's where the root word of schizo comes from, right? People are fragmenting their personalities or splitting them is a better word because they're seeing and or hearing things that aren't actually there. So they're living in different realities. Right. I don't know anything about this. I'm learning as we go. Yeah, that's why it's so fun. and Well, not fun. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Yeah. So you're saying that when you think of somebody diagnosed with schizophrenia, you mainly think of the hallucinations. Are there any other things that you think come along with this diagnosis? What's that movie called? Split? Is it <laughs> Splice? No. No, not Splice. The dude with uh the one that you kept trying to get me to watch. He had like 37 different personalities or something and he had like kidnapped a couple girls. Oh, yeah, that was such that a good schizophrenia movie. that he has. Yeah, he had a therapist and everything, I believe so. He has a different persona in every scene. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those reappear, but he has different personas. Right. Also a really amazing movie What's it called? Eternal. Oh, the eternal. Oh, yeah. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Okay. One of my favorites. Yes. That has Jim Carrey in it. It's not a comedy. Not even close. It's very sad. But in the movie, I don't want to give away spoilers. Don't give away any spoilers. Basically, that would be the assumption that somebody even mildly educated about this would think is going on in the plot. But it's actually something way deeper and way more sinister that blew my mind. Mm -hmm. That is one of my top three favorite movies just because of the effect that it had on my mind was insane. It was (laughs) a mind effort. It definitely was. So, Rob, why do you think that so many of the like what we were talking about earlier? And I know we said we were getting away from it, but I want to know why do you think so many of the quote unquote personality disorders and now schizophrenia as we're going to get into and learn hasn't been studied sufficiently enough to the point where a doctor can't always determine the exact factors because they say the exact causes of schizophrenia are unknown. You're saying that they have a difficulty explaining the root causes of it? Doctors and research say that the exact causes of schizophrenia are unknown. And Well, how, how is one in every 4,000 diagnosed then if yeah. they are so unsure? That's why I'm asking why you think that so many of the personality disorders and this as well haven't been studied sufficiently enough to the point where a doctor can't always determine the exact factors or root causes of how this happens. For one, a lot of people do not want to talk about past traumas, especially if the effect that that trauma caused something so astronomical. So how are they going to come to grips with correlating their own trauma to their mental health. I think it was borderline personality disorder where we talked about how a lot of people that have certain symptoms end up on the streets, homeless or in jail. And that one in 4000 probably are people that are already in the system or living Mm -hmm. on the streets because they don't have any more family to support them. Exactly. And you know what? They've created so many words, so many psychology terms. For that reason, I feel like psychotherapists and psychologists don't even want to get into it because it's like you have to sift through so many things 
that are essentially, for the most part, synonymous in so many ways. So trying to find that one little difference is a lot of work. Imagine this, okay? I had a friend with schizophrenia. I went on a trip with her to Florida. I didn't even know she had this diagnosis yet, and she did not have her meds, which I found out later. I'm only saying this, everyone that's listening, because I'm sure she would be okay with me talking about it. She's a big advocate for it. Mm. What was happening to her is she was seeing blood dripping down the windows of the car while she was driving. And that really scared me. I did not know what was going on because she didn't tell me. And I wish she would. I wouldn't have judged her for it. Right. The research that they have done suggests that it's a combination of environmental genetic physical and psychological factors but there's got to be an an initial trigger though right like a stressful or emotional life event a catalyst like an ignition yeah that's what triggers psychotic episodes and then that's another thing that makes it really confusing like you were saying is that you can have a psychosis or a psychotic episode and not actually have schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and vice versa you might have schizophrenia but not experience all of the symptoms which this is another difficult mental illness that's really hard to diagnose properly and you could also just be having a midlife crisis like we've been seeing so much of lately (laughs) yeah it's it's 2020 (laughs) we're all having one right now exactly especially in 2020 so let's get into the factors though that contribute to the risk of developing schizophrenia Mm -hmm. what do you think causes it when it comes to genetics if you were to take a guess so why has it become genetic is what you're asking me genetics is one of the factors so what do you think makes schizophrenia within genetics a i get it so contributor to developing the illness so somebody in the family tree somebody along the line experienced trauma like i said i feel like that trauma was so heavy within that person's experience that it literally embedded into their DNA, possibly. I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing. Yeah, that's the point of the show. Right, maybe. (laughs) Whereas somebody who develops it environmentally, it was sort of mild, and it's a one-case type deal for their bloodline. What they say is that schizophrenia sometimes does run in families, and it's seriously important to know that just because somebody in your family has schizophrenia does not mean that everybody else in the family will have it too. Just like gray hair and balding mm-hmm. heads. Sometimes it skips generations. Sometimes it doesn't keep going. There's something in our genes. We're all unique individuals. I think it's so fascinating that you can have this run in your family and not get it. So don't be scared mm-hmm. if you know somebody and don't be ashamed. We're all people. On the genetic studies that they do, that they did do, they strongly suggest that there's a lot of different genes that increase the risk of somebody developing schizophrenia, but there's not a single gene that causes the disorder Mm. by itself. So just because it's in your genes doesn't mean your next of kin and so on is going to get it. It just increases the odds. Right. And it's not yet possible to use genetic information to predict who's going to develop it. Well, there is a one in 4,000 chance you can get it, but we're not sure how to diagnose people, but we've diagnosed millions of people. Like It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Well, it's actually very easily diagnosed because it is a brain condition. Didn't they say they have a hard time? 
no. diagnosing it? No. The one that's harder to diagnose is schizoid. I oh, w- I'm sorry. I, was- I get confused with all these words. Like I said, there's too many <laughs> words here. Well, to give everybody listening and you a little bit of background on schizophrenia, more than just hallucinations, it's a brain disorder and there's multiple etiologies to it. Is that like an edible ideology? Like, what's the difference between etiology and ideology? An ideology is what you are... It's a philosophy? It's usually used in a positive way, too. It's oh, okay. It's ideological thinking. Like, you know what I mean? So, etiology is like a negative ideology? Etiology is the cause, set of causes, or causation of disease or condition. So the cause that makes you come to the ideology. I got it. (laughs) Yeah, then ideology is generally a positive thing, like a system of ideas and ideals that one forms a basis of theory, like the ideology of somebody's political standpoints. I'm sorry, let's get away from that. That was a little... uh, a little a segue. T- ticky tacky. A ticky tacky. I hated saying that so much. Okay, so here we go. Okay, psychosis, hallucinations. There's auditory hallucinations, which is when you hear things. Some people have that. There's visual hallucinations. Obviously, that's when you see things. Well, it's not always obvious, right? Yeah, because you don't really know what you're seeing. Is it real? Yeah. Yeah. You can't distinguish real reality from your other forms you experience if you can even remember them. That's what makes it complicated. Mm-hmm. And then the delusions, the fixed false beliefs, which happens in so many different mental disorders and mm-hmm. so many personality disorders. But obviously, I actually do agree that schizophrenia is treatable and diagnosable and is a legitimate disorder. Yeah. They've done a lot of scans on it. And unlike something like narcissistic personality disorder these are not delusions of grandeur these are scary delusions if you could think of an example of a delusion what would you say some sort of dementia type thing like somebody is out to get you like you can envision maybe like black suburbans outside of your house when really it's just your neighbor pulling in the driveway even though you know they have a black suburban, you could see that as somebody out to get you. Possibly. Yeah, you could think that your neighbor is part of some kind of top secret mm-hmm. government conspiracy and they're watching you. And it's a seriously right. false belief that you can't get rid of it. An impaired cognition or disturbance in information processing is another symptom that appears and interferes with people diagnosed with schizophrenia. It really does affect their day to day life. So, their cognition is impaired almost all the time. They don't know how to process information actually happening in reality because they're so confused with what's happening in their heads. They don't know the difference most of the time. Right. That sounds like a component of autism to me. Autistic people are very aware of what's going on. They just don't show certain emotions most of the time. What part of that made you think of autism? The impaired cognition and perceiving things. Oh, that's totally not true. Why is that? that? Because they are very well aware of what's going on. They just don't show what they know. They just don't have the correct social. Yes, they just they lack the social part of it. That's all. They are brilliant people. When do you think that schizophrenia is typically diagnosed? That's tough. When does your brain stop developing? What do you mean by that? Like growing or when you stop being able to process information as fast and hold on to short and long term memory? 
That's a good question. I don't know what I mean by that. Yeah, that, that was not a good question. It's... So, okay, around the same age when you can kind of piece different experiences together and start to differentiate between what is quote unquote normal in society. It actually emerges earlier in males, like oh. their late adolescence to early 20s. And for females, it, it occurs in their early 20s to early 30s. And the diagnosis of schizophrenia often follows the first episode of psychosis. So basically, when you have your first mental breakdown, which in so many ways, this happens to people. And that's another reason that I think this can be easily misdiagnosed in, in that form. You can have a mental breakdown and experience psychosis without being a schizophrenic. And I'm sure if you're that young and impressionable and maybe still living with your parents and they take you to the doctor, if you just experience an episode of psychosis, they might just be able to be like, oh, well, then you're schizophrenic. This has only happened once. Boom, schizophrenic. Here's some medication. Yeah, that can definitely be something that's misperceived because a lot of people have mental or nervous breakdowns or panic attacks which could be misdiagnosed as schizophrenia. You don't really see that in many other mental disorders uh -huh. or personality disorders. Right. And with psychosis, they say that the gradual changes in the person's thinking and mood and social functioning happen after that first episode. So usually starting in mid-adolescence, but it can occur in young children. I've watched documentaries on that. It's fascinating in a way that how the mind can fragment and you can develop different personalities and mm -hmm. you can hallucinate things you may have never seen before is, is kind of mind-blowing to me. Yeah, definitely. The psychology and science behind it is really intriguing, but it's morbid what these people do have to experience exactly. and go through on a day-to-day -day basis, though. Like my friend that saw the blood on the windows and I had to drive the car the rest of the way to Florida because she thought that we were being followed. She mm -hmm. was seeing blood and... What I find interesting is that there's gradual changes after that first episode of psychosis. But if you think about it, if you experience a traumatic event of some sort and you have that one psychotic break that I was just talking about, of course, somebody that's just been diagnosed with schizophrenia on top of having had that psychotic break and possible trauma that they might not be able to tell a therapist or a family member they are going to have changes in their thinking and functioning and mood, of course, no matter what it is, even if it's not actual schizophrenia and it's some kind of PTSD. Yeah. What I would compare it to is breaking out of your own matrix. And it's a huge wake up call. And your perception can be completely skewed after that significant event happens. The symptoms of schizophrenia fall into three categories. We have the psychotic, negative, and cognitive symptoms. What do you think negative symptoms are? What does that say to you? I don't know, because negative could be psychotic and something that your brain isn't processing correctly, which is cognitive, can also be negative. Right. So I feel like with these symptoms, there's going to be a lot of overlap. Symptoms that are negative for anybody, even somebody not diagnosed with schizophrenia or any other disorder, they are loss of motivation, disinterest or lack of enjoyment in activities, social withdrawal, difficulty showing emotions and difficulty functioning normally. They also have like a reduced motivation, difficulty planning and sustaining activities. That reminds me of somebody with antisocial personality disorder, difficulty planning, they don't look ahead to the future, they don't picture themselves in a future setting, 
they don't care about the ramifications of their actions in the present because they don't care about the future. And might not even be with schizophrenia that they don't care. They just don't know. They don't know that they don't care. And then Mm -hmm. they switch back to real reality. And then they don't even really know what happened. They also have what they call flat effect, which is the emotions via facial expression or voice tone. Wait, so they think that they're communicating with other people, but really they're just making a bunch of faces the whole time? It's a flat, uh, oh, my a bad. flat yeah, expression. Sure. Okay, and interesting. Then, yeah, they have diminished feelings of pleasure in everyday life and reduced speaking. They don't speak that much. So that's one of the categories mm. is the negative. That's sort of an original characteristic there. Yeah, I agree. And what do you think are some of the symptoms that somebody with the cognitive category of schizophrenia can have? Extreme inconsistencies because they have split personalities incoherence because you think that you are different people from one moment to the next that impacts the way that your brain processes things and interprets things and in turn the way that you react to things i'd be interested in seeing a cognitive study on a young person that was diagnosed early on in childhood which is rare with schizophrenia to see how their brain develops I'm sure it's very different as an adult with no issues at 30 for somebody that has been diagnosed at a very young age cognitively. And when they do brain scans, I wonder what that would look like. And also how different it is being aware that you have it going into adulthood versus somebody that's completely unconscious of it. The differences in their brain developing along the way, how different that would be. Right. So for cognitive symptoms, the individuals typically experience Difficulty processing information to make decisions, problems using information immediately after learning it, and trouble focusing and paying attention. I mean, those are all the core mechanisms of cognition. So, Mm -hmm. attention, concentration, and memory. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the degrees of this are subtle, but for some other people, it's way more prominent and it interferes with everything they do. Yeah. The third category, and I would say the most detrimental to somebody with schizophrenia and their their loved ones, the people around them, is the psychotic symptoms, which includes things such as altered perceptions. When you hear the phrase altered perceptions, what does that make you think of? It makes me think of when somebody does drugs. (laughs) Essentially, you're experiencing a natural drug What else really alters your perception? Yeah, that definitely is an altered perception. People actually will do drugs to feel the way somebody wishes they didn't have to feel. Right, but schizophrenia is not like taking something that's going to make you happy or suppress anything. It's something that's going to terrorize you and make you live out a nightmare. It can also make you feel like you're Willy Wonka or something. Yeah, I was going to say, can it be a positive experience? Is that possible? I, I guess it say, depends. I wouldn't say so because how do you take care of yourself if you're experiencing psychotic symptoms? Even if you're hallucinating amazing things, you might just end up seeing a roller coaster, walking towards it, getting hit by a car. But if you're riding a roller coaster your whole life and... When do you have time to eat? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but what if, what if you perceive eating as walking to the next roller coaster? I don't know. Yeah, you have I, to, I don't know. They can't like... 
with all of the different types of symptoms, you add psychotic symptoms to that and you are yeah. pretty much not in a good place to take care of yourself, period. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me back to that because that's true. Probably all bad. Definitely. Uh, so they have changes in vision, hearing, smell, touch, and taste. So That's that, scary. Yeah, that all goes with the auditory and visual stuff that we were talking about. Jeez, imagine having your taste change where you yeah. have you want to eat like you have pica on top of everything. Oh, uh, that would be insane. I was going to say we all experience taste differently. All of our taste buds are different, but somebody's not going to misperceive eating an airplane for a sandwich. Right. <laughs> so, they also have abnormal thinking and odd behaviors. They lose like we've talked about so much a shared sense of reality. And they experience themselves and the world in a distorted way. Yeah, delusion is never an endearing term. The psychotic symptoms we've already kind of touched on. It's the hallucinations, the delusions, the thought disorder, which includes unusual thinking and disorganized speech. That's pretty much it when it comes to symptoms. What do you think about all of this? For some reason, when I think of schizophrenia... I know they're absolutely not the same, but I think of Tourette's. I wonder if there's some overlap there in the symptoms. Because Why? somebody could be having a split moment and subconsciously realize something is going on, but not being able to pinpoint exactly what it is and not being able to express that. So maybe that would make them bitter and lash out a lot verbally and potentially cuss a lot. So you're saying that people with schizophrenia could have symptoms of no, Tourette's, but not the other way around, right? I'm not stating anything. I'm just saying I wonder if. Oh, I can totally see that, that people with schizophrenia could have symptoms that are very similar to Tourette's in moments like that. But people with Tourette's that suffer from that wouldn't have signs or symptoms like schizophrenia. Right. This one was a lot different than the personality disorders because it did have distinguishable characteristics mm -hmm. that makes it one of a kind and does set it apart from all the other hundreds of psychology terms and disorders. All of the different mental disorders. Yeah, this one is a glaringly obvious thing, which I believe makes it a mental illness, a distinguishable malady that somebody is impacted with. It's not something that you can really overanalyze or be so much of a skeptic with, like the personality disorders. Like, this is a lot more concrete. If you want to tell us what we should talk about next in terms of psychological disorders, visit our Patreon. We thought this was more in line with Halloween because it is so frightening. Yes. Check out Fang, the movie by Richard Burgeon. That's a good friend of mine. One of the mental disorders, the main character has in that film is schizophrenia the guy believes he's being turned into a rat essentially and right. it's brilliant because he gets bit by a rat and mm -hmm. i haven't seen the movie so i don't know if he actually is turning into a rat or not i'm sure that's part of the journey <laughs> of the film but yeah jess paul is in that one correct yeah shout out jess paul and richard burgeon Richard Burgeon directed it, so I'm really proud of him for that. And shout out to the SJ Network. Thank you so much, Steve Joyner, for all of the wonderful people you send us. We still do have a lot of Halloween stuff coming out. And one of the more popular episodes was the whole series on narcissism and borderline personality disorder. So we wanted to bring you guys a little bit more psychology, mm -hmm. toss it in there with the rest of the Halloween stuff, because it is October. And Didn't want to stray too far away from our core. 
<laughs> curriculum. <laughs> Tis the season. Yep. Thank you so much, Rob. And thank you so much, Robs of the Aquarium guys for letting us use your mics. Shout out Rob Zolson. If you heard any background noise, it was him. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> these mics are amazing. And just to experience these mics, it's okay. I forgive him. Condenser. All we right. need to get one of these. Thank you, Tina. It was a joy talking to you about this topic, and I look forward to next time. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Love you. you. I'll see you in literally half a second. I'll see you right when you click the stop recording button. All right. We love you guys. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.